In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the fourth Sunday of Epip, and today the Gospel is from John chapter 11, which is the miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead. And in, in this Gospel, there, there was an expression that both Martha and Mary said that I want to dig into. In the beginning of the Gospel, it's written that Martha heard that uh, Jesus was coming to visit, so she went to go meet him. And when she met the Lord, she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And after the Lord and Martha had a little discussion, Martha went back to go call her sister Mary, And when Mary uh, heard the Lord was on the way, she ran to him to go meet him. And when Mary saw the Lord, Mary said to the Lord, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So I started thinking to myself, is this expression true? Is this expression true? Is this a true statement? Is it a true statement? If the Lord was there, would he have died? I think, Yanni, it has a lot of meaning. And so I want to dig into this. At the core of this expression is faith. Because it believes that the Lord has extraordinary power. Power that both Martha and Mary trust and they believe in. They believe that the presence of Christ would make a difference. And I feel that is true in many ways. And I like this statement because it means that if the Lord is present, then there will be a different outcome. A different outcome. A glorious outcome. And this got me thinking that are we living in the presence of the Lord Are we living with these glorious outcomes? Or do we forget of the presence of the Lord? So we live in distress, we live in anger, we live in division, we live in sin. When one does a review of the scripture, and maybe of their own life, I think we can come to the conclusion, we will realize that we often sin. When do we sin? We often sin when we forget that we are in the presence of God. And if you think about even the first sin, like Adam and Eve, I'm sure Adam and Eve, if they met the Lord in the garden, they would have said, Lord, if you were here, when the snake came to talk to us, we wouldn't have not eaten from the tree. We wouldn't have committed this sin. And I want to imagine now that our whole life, all our interactions, how they would be different if the Lord is present among us. Imagine how our conversations would be different. Yanni, the other day, I'm sorry to say this, but Yanni, I have to say it. The other day I read a thread that our youth, like the way they talk in their group chats, I was shocked, shocked that Christians could say the words that they were saying. Unbelievable, graphic, sexual, unbelievable words. 
And words dol are not worthy to be in your mouth. It's not proper. But we say these words because we forget we are not in, in the presence of God, that we are not children of God. And the problem's not just with youth. <laughs> the problem, how about parents? How parents interact with each other? Do our conversations reflect the presence of God? How would our interactions with each other be different if yani, Christ is sitting right there with us? I feel all our interactions would be very, very, very different. We know that the Holy Spirit is always in our midst. That's why we pray in the Agbay. We say, O Heavenly King, the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, who is present in all places and fills all the treasury of good things and the life giver, graciously come and dwell in us. Purify us from all defilements, O good one, and save our souls. Do we feel this presence of the Holy Spirit in our life? Are we living with God? If we're living with God, then the outcomes would be different. The outcomes would be very, very different. I think we become lazy in our spiritual life. Again, when we forget the presence of the Lord. We forget we're surrounded by the cloud of witnesses. We're, we forget about the stories of the great saints. And we become slothful and lazy. My favorite times in grad school was when my boss left. Because when my boss left, that meant no meeting this week. And that meant easy week. Come in a little bit later, leave a little bit early. Ah, who knows? No one's counting. And this is like... Evil. <laughs> this is wicked. This is disingenuous. But this is what we do, Yani, with God all the time. And that's why in the parables of the wicked vine dressers, or the parable in like in Luke twelve that we read every night in the Agbeya, it says, But when the servant says in my heart, My master is delaying his coming, what does he do? Bidallah. He just has fun. He starts beating people. He starts doing whatever. When we forget about the presence of God, it leads us to, to sin. We use our freedom as cloak for vice, as St. Peter says in his epistle. Let's not use our freedom as opportunity for evil, but for good. Remember that God is always with us. He's always present in all our interactions and all our dealings. His presence sanctifies us. His presence purifies us. His presence enlightens us. His presence comforts our soul. His presence shields us from the evil in the world. Yani, even when Moses was with the people, they were fine. But Moses goes up on a mountain, and then the people go to idolatry. We don't want to look back and say, Lord, if you had been here, I would have done the right thing. We need to remember the Lord is always present, so we will do the right thing. And tomorrow, yeah? When Mary and Martha, they said this expression, though, they were implying something different. When they said it, they said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. They meant it in a way like, Lord, why did you... Abandon us. And their thoughts could have said something like this. Lord, you could have been here, but you were not here. 
you were somewhere else. And because you weren't here, that's why your healing didn't come. And this is actually true. Because in the gospel we read, it says that when he heard he was sick, he stayed there two days in the place where he was. And I started to talk to you about God's presence. God is always present. But here you see, God was, or the Lord Jesus Christ was, absent. And if God is always present, why does he always seem absent? And if you feel like this, I would say you are not alone. Even the spiritual giants, they felt at times alone. Danny, how many times in the Psalms, King David, he feels alone, he feels abandoned. Masalan, Psalm 13, he says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Another Psalm, Psalm 88, Lord, why do you cast off my soul? Why do you hide your face from me? The feeling... The feeling of God's abandonment, that is a biblical fact. <laughs> biblical fact. And uh, yani, I'm choosing my words very carefully here, so please take note. Because even when our Lord was on the cross, He prayed the words of the psalm that said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? And from the words of my groaning, Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, and you do not hear. This is the words of the psalm, these are the words of Christ on the cross. The feeling of God's abandonment, that is a biblical fact, as I said. But abandonment in this context actually means something different than abandonment. It actually means... Means tribulation. Mary and Martha, they felt abandoned by God because they were undergoing tribulation. And the same is true in the Psalms. The feeling of, of abandonment was because they were undergoing tribulation. But tribulation is not abandonment. Tribulation is not abandonment. You can be in tribulation but not be abandoned. Tribulation is inevitable, and tribulation is the calling of every Christian. I read a beautiful poem this morning that I want to share with you. It said, Jesus now has many lovers of his heavenly kingdom, many lovers of his heavenly kingdom, but few bearers of his cross. He has many desirous of consolation, but few of tribulation. Many follow Jesus unto the breaking of bread and take communion, but few to the drinking of the cup of his suffering. Many love Jesus so long as no adversities befall them. Many praise and bless him so long as they receive any consolation from him. They who love Jesus for his own sake and not for some special comfort which they receive, bless him in all tribulation and anguish of heart as well as in the state of highest comfort. The ones who love Jesus for his own sake, bless him in all tribulation, in all anguish of heart, 
as well as in the state of highest comfort. And that's why the Apolline epistle of today was from the Philippians. The, epi- the Philippians is the epistle of the epistle of joy. And the irony is that the epistle of joy is written from the most miserable place on earth. And in the epistle of joy, St. Paul is thankful for his chains. And the reading of today was the climax of Philippians. He said, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man. And then the next part, focus here, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even to death on the cross. The Lord Jesus Christ, obedient to the death on the cross, to experience tribulation. Tribulation, that inevitable. And we should accept it. And that's what it means to be a Christian. That's why we can accept slander. We can accept abuse. And we turn the other cheek. Yani, this is very difficult, but and this is kind of depressing. But the good part of it is that this tribulation leads to tribulation leads to glory. The death of Lazarus led to glory. It led to glory, and that's what the Lord said. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God should be glorified through it. Tribulation tests my faith. The tribulation determines, like, distinguishes the real followers from the kind of followers. That's why all of the Psalms that I quoted to you from before, they all spoke at the beginning of God's abandonment. But if you read the rest of the Psalm, at the end of the Psalm, they all speak about God's glory. Meselin, Psalm 13, how long do you forget me? The end of it says, but I trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Even the psalm today was, it was very beautiful. Go back to the, the psalm today. It said, look, you count all the works that you do. And your thoughts cannot be count, and your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. Yani, it starts with tribulation, but it ends with with glory. And in Psalm 22, of my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The end of the verse, 20 verses of that Psalm, tribulation, pain, oh, they pierced me, oh, they uh, took my clothes, they took my clothes, they cast in uh, lots. The end of the Psalm 22, like all of it, glory, like big shift. At the end, in verse 21, it says, you answered me. You answered me. says, I will declare your name to the brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him. And fear him, all you offspring of Israel. The same psalm that started off, God, why have you forsaken me? Ends with, all the nations will glorify you. This is how tribulation, how God uses tribulation to bring glory. How he does it? I don't know. I don't get it. 
Because this is the foolishness of man is wiser than God. But we have to trust in God and we have to trust that he is good. I'll leave you with one part from Isaiah 43 that I, I, I loved. Um, I read this week and I loved. I want to share it with you. Isaiah says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Yani, that's why Wahad Zay, Saint Abanub, can be pierced, he can, his limbs cut off, he can be tortured endlessly, and he knows the Lord is with him. He knows the Lord is with him. The end of that says, Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east. The last lesson that I think we can take from the expression, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, is how the Lord came to give us life. Into a life? He came to give us life. Martha and Mary, they understood this very well. And that's why when the Lord and Martha, they had this little discussion, they said, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. And then the Lord said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And Martha said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is come into the world. When I read the narrative of today, it seems to me they did not understand that Christ was resurrection and life. And interestingly, like, whenever... Like, it seems that Christ did not want to speak about death. So he kept trying to tell it to his disciples in a softer way. Oh, Lazarus, he's just sick. He's just sick. This sickness is not unto to death. They didn't get it. Then he told them, Lazarus, die, he's sleeping. And then they said, if he's sleeping, he's going to, he's going to wake up. And then finally, the Lord's like, into, you don't get it? Like, into, still, you don't understand? He said, plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I, I like this because it shows the Lord, the Lord doesn't even want to mention death. Why is the Lord not want to mention Lazarus is dead. But no, uh, he's sick. No, he's sleeping. No, no. It's like Wahid, like an estranged couple, doesn't want to mention, doesn't want to remember, like the other member, because the other member that brings pain, brings remembrance of like evil, brings remembrance of wickedness. And I feel that the Lord Jesus Christ, He is life. Sin is death. They are enemies. They are enemies. And the mention of death is so painful. And Christ cannot bear to even say, He can't even bear to say that one of His creation died. And that's why when He went to the tomb, you see explosion of emotion from the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and he sees one of his own creation died, dead. Death is so cold. Death is so heartless. Death is so empty. And Christ is everything opposite of that. He is the life giver. He is the one who gives life. And so, Christ, when he said this expression, he wanted to show, I am the true life. If you want to have life, you need to come to to Christ. He is the resurrection and the life. And actually, he gave life through his death. A life-giving death. Now the Christian, when he dies, he doesn't die, he departs. It is a life-giving death. A seed goes into the ground, it dies, but it bears life. It bears fruit. This is how the Lord Jesus Christ, he transferred and, and changed the concept of death. If the Lord was here, he would not have died. That's a true statement. Because with Christ, there is no there is no death. I hope you see the three ways the Lord, if you had been here, he would not have died. One, we remember the Lord's presence. And when we remember the Lord's presence, we will not sin. We will not sin. If you remember the Lord's presence, we will not sin. Number two, we, if the Lord was here, would not have died, we change our perspective on tribulation. Tribulation is to bring glory. The duty of the Christian is to carry his cross. And three, it changes our perception about death. And glory be to God forever. Amen. In heaven's glory, in all-